We turn our attention to the gospel according to Matthew in the 25th chapter, beginning at verse 14 and continuing through verse 21. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. This morning's Old Testament reading comes to us from the book of Ruth in the second chapter, the opening 13 verses I'll be reading this morning. I invite you once again to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Now, Naomi had a kinsman on her husband's side, a prominent rich man of the family of Eli Melech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain behind someone in whose sight I may find favor. She said to her, Go, my daughter. So she went. She came and gleaned in the field behind the reapers. As it happened, she came to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Eli Melech. Just then, Boaz came from Bethlehem. He said to the reapers, the the Lord be with you. They answered, the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, to whom does this young woman belong? The servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, she is the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the reapers. So she came and she has been on her feet from early this morning until now without resting even for a moment. Then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped. And follow behind them. I've ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Then she fell prostrate, and with her face to the ground, she said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother in law since the death of your husband has been fully told me. 
and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, may I continue to find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I am not one of your servants. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. This morning's Old Testament reading that's suggested by the Revised Common Lectionary also comes from the book of Ruth, but as I read that uh, suggested text, it didn't really inspire me to a sermon. Well, at least it really didn't inspire me to a sermon for this week. Sometimes that happens. And after sitting with that particular text for a while, it kind of grows on me and the Lord places in my heart some words to say that addresses the needs, spoken or unspoken, of the people to whom this text and this sermon are to be directed. And sometimes, sometimes things don't work that way. And this week, that was one of those times. Uh, The the opening chapter of Ruth, which is, I think, perhaps the most familiar to to most folks, introduces us to the characters of the story and walks the reader back from the land of the Moabites to the land of the Judahites. And as I reread it, though, what struck me most was Ruth's allegiance to and her affinity for Naomi, her mother-in-law. While that is a wonderful study in selfish, in selfless service to another, and one could argue it is a compelling metaphor for the human life, another illustration which follows on in the second chapter of the book struck me even more profoundly, even more profoundly than the text from the third chapter, which was that from the lectionary. And that's why I've read to you this morning these opening verses from the second chapter. For here we have an account of that first meeting that's illustrated on your, on your um, bulletins this morning from a, from a woodcut of several generations ago, the meeting between Boaz and Ruth in the field. Here's a a wealthy landowner meeting a destitute refugee. It marks a collision of two very, very different worlds. In the field, the, the man who owns title to this part of it comes across a fresh face among his workers. It's someone he doesn't recognize as having seen before. And when he inquires... He finds that she is indeed new around here, but she isn't one of his hired hands. She is, in fact, a rung further down the ladder from even that. One of those who has been pitied and allowed to glean the remnants of the wheat. She is among those who follow in the wake of those who gather in the harvest and picks up what's left over. And the boss man learns she's also a very hard worker. 
having been about her business of gathering up scraps of grain without a rest from early morning until this moment in the day, he's told, she hadn't taken even a break. And so in this story of Boaz and Ruth, this first meeting between them, we find that her reputation has already preceded her. Boaz has already heard that his kinswoman, Naomi, had returned from the region of Moab, and that when she did so, this woman, her daughter-in-law, had accompanied her. This, he divulges in their first conversation in that field outside of Bethlehem. After being told that she's welcome to stay there and glean after the workers of his, that she wouldn't be bothered as she went about her business of subsistence, Ruth prostrates herself and asks Boaz why. Why he was so agreeable, in essence, why he was being so nice to a foreigner such as she. And this he tells her. I understand that you, my child, have yourself been unselfish in your conduct. You have chosen to remain a loyal helper to a Judahite, and you have thus found favor in my sight. Aren't similar words those which we all long to hear said to us one day? The words that we heard from Scripture read once again this morning, the words, well done, good and faithful servant, As a result of your dedication to my kinswoman, Boaz tells Ruth, you are welcome in this place and you have received my pledge of protection while you are here. May you receive the same and more from the one whose servant I am. Her response to him is indicative of her humble heart, her spirit of gratitude for this grace that's being extended unto her. Thank you, kind sir, for dealing with me so graciously, even though I am not even one of your own servants. In this interchange between two people who have so little in common, I have heard a powerful word from the Lord. Consider for a moment the disparity that exists between these two. Boaz is the owner of this part of the field and all that it produces. Ruth has nothing to her name. He is in control of his household and his livelihood. She has lost the man whose job it had been to do that for her. And now she gleans in a foreign field to feed herself. He is settled in the midst of family and kin. She she knows no one here but her mother-in-law, Naomi. Boaz is a from here. Ruth is a come here. He is a man in a patriarchal society, and she is a woman lacking in power, in status, and in privilege. Boaz is an Israelite. Ruth is a Moabitess. They could hardly have been more different. Yet despite that 
huge chasm of differences that separate these two, Boaz chooses to honor the humility shown by Ruth by offering humility of his own. And that seems to me a bit like what the God of Boaz chooses to do as well. That God, as Paul writes so poetically of in Philippians, drew near to us in the form of Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, having taken the form of a servant, having been made in the likeness of men, and having been found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, having become obedient unto death, even the death on a cross. Boaz, the servant of the Most High God, the God who would go on in time to demonstrate such unrivaled humility in the form of Jesus, this Boaz is aligning his mind, words, and deeds with those of the one whom he and his people serve. He is treating Ruth not simply as he wishes to be treated himself, but rather as he has been treated by his God. And that, that gets to the heart of this morning's teaching from the book of Ruth. If you take the time to read the whole account of this widowed Moabitess, you discover that quite a bit of this sort of thing takes place in the book. Not only is it worth a read or a reread, but it also serves as a wonderful reminder of how a servant should treat others and why. This is worth bringing to our mind because in the end, we are all servants like Boaz. Servants of the Most High God, the same God who called forth the Israelites from among all the nations of the earth to be for him a chosen people. This is the God who in Jesus has called forth both Jews and Gentiles alike into new life as those who are born anew. And this he accomplishes by a self-sacrificial humility and obedience unlike any other. A servitude which served as a model to those whom he has invited to take up their crosses and follow. Ruth did not grow up with a knowledge of or a relationship with the God of Boaz. Here, though, she was given a first-hand introduction to that God in the land of that God. No, she didn't have a theophany, uh, an encounter with the divine there in that field, but she did see something of that God through one of the faithful followers of the God of the Israelites. And that is still the way in which most people, even in our day, receive their introduction by seeing something of that God reflected in one or more servants of that God. When one thinks about that for a bit, it can seem a bit paradoxical and it might even put a little 
healthy pressure on us as Christians to know that sinners as flawed as we may be the first introduction someone has to a God who is holy and perfect. Boaz had his failings, to be sure. After all, he was only human. But on this day, in this encounter, those shortcomings were not what was on display. What was on display, rather, is the grace that he extends to one who has done nothing to earn it. And that is quite probably the most defining characteristic of his God. That remains one of the most defining characteristics of our God. Therefore, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I believe it rightly should be one of the most defining characteristics of those who worship and follow this God. Regardless of the differences we have with the other, and we talked about this very thing this morning in our Sunday school lesson, Extending grace to them after the manner that we have received it, that in itself is a work of humility, of gratitude, of compassion, of evangelism, and yes, even of worship, all at the same time. Such acts are powerfully tangible and they are powerfully symbolic. They are blessings to both parties and an offering to God, the one who has both commanded and commended the practice. While we are unlikely to encounter a destitute foreigner in the glebe over here as we depart the sanctuary this morning, I would submit to you that most of us, and I include myself in this observation, most of us, have more in common with Boaz than with Ruth. For most of us are quite privileged, whether we feel it in this particular moment or not. And that means, among other things, that we have more resources at our disposal with which to offer grace as we first have received it. So as we go about the busyness of our week ahead, as we engage with folks familiar and unfamiliar to us, may we be paying particular attention to the opportunities that present themselves to us for extending grace, for kind words and kinder deeds, for forgiveness and compassion, for reconciliation and peace. After all, these are the very things our God has condescended to do for his own servants. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.